You're listening to the Reality Breached Local Spotlight Series, bringing you the best Jackson, Mississippi has to offer. This is Episode 7, Local Artist, Justin Ransford. This is Robert Morris, Bill the Breach. I've been Bruce Babe, and I'm here with the best artist walking the streets of Jackson. Walking the streets of, 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 of the South. Do you understand me? This man's art is all over the place from the side of the wall to uh, tables to cups to <laughs> stickers to internet to the wall to the portraits to the window. To the window, to the wall. <laughs> I am sitting here with the one, the only, Justin Ransberg. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for that introduction. That was great. Oh, man. Wow. You know, so, bring you up, man. I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also here with the best editor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Engineer extraordinaire. The man. The myth. The legend. Don't, Sergio. Don't, over, don't oversell it. Sergio. <laughs> Lugo, baby. Mm. Let that sink in. Let that Lugo sink in, in your ears as he sips on his tea. I find it really ironic that we're not recording tea time right now while we're both drinking tea. Right, the first time we're actually drinking tea. Uh, yeah, the first time we're actually drinking tea. Usually we're not drinking tea. <laughs> That's... Wait, so what do y'all usually drink it? Some form of alcohol. <laughs> so, Justin, <laughs> what, what got you into art, buddy? Um, besides just being awesome. Besides just being awesome? Thank you. Um, my older brother actually was the person that, that started me in art. He's His name's Maurice. He's 10 years older than me, and uh, he was studying graphic design. And I asked him one day, I was like, hey, you're at home, you draw all the time. Draw this picture for me. He was like, he looked at me awkwardly like, no, nah, go do it yourself. And <laughs> being that I was eight years, eight or seven years old at the time, I was like, all right, cool, I'll go do it. And I drew the picture and I brought it back to him. And he was like, it's all right, but you know, <laughs> this is wrong. It should go, the line should go that way, that way. And just from that moment, I just kept going on and on, finding friends that were interested in it. And yeah, just building it up, building up my skills. Trying new things. So, did it ever get to a point where he was like, "Oh, that's pretty good." No, my brother. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he kind of he kind of does. What what is it when you he kind of gives me backhanded compliments sometimes? <laughs> like, yeah, this is good, but it could be better, you know. Oh. I mean, I mean, if I picked up a pencil again, you know, it'd be way better. I was like, all right, we'll do it then. So he keeps me encouraged. <laughs> keeps that fire under you. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. You know he's a little key proud of, proud of you. That's, that's good. That's good. What, 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 when was the first time that you realized that, hey, I can sell my art? Hmm. Okay. So it's interesting, interesting story because back when I was living in, I lived in Houston for about six years. So I went to Texas Southern to study painting. Okay. And, um, like every now and then, I would I would like sell a piece, 
like just little drawings or whatever <laughs> for much money maybe like five ten dollars or something mm-hmm. but the more significant um, like catalyst for it or whatever was when I was living in an apartment for the first time there and a guy that I know uh, they lived across the hall from me like I was part of a, a, a company and I was trying to like you know network and all this other stuff and part of their um, part of their package you have to have like the supplies to sell it was basically like a coffee company okay like, okay so you buy it at this price and you just resell the stuff alright so I needed money in order to get the starter package and my neighbor his name was Mitch uh, I forgot his last name which is a shame but uh, Mitch he uh would come over to my house we would hang out and he was interested in one of the paintings that I that I worked on for a class project mm-hmm. and uh, he just asked me flat out like okay well how much how much would you sell that painting for and I was still in school so I really didn't know a price so I just kind of threw a number out there and he was like oh okay cool and he left um, and came back like an hour or so later with the money that I asked him for I was like here you go Thanks for the painting. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I, I think I can do this. Man, I was I, mean, I should have asked for one million dollars. <laughs> with the finger up and with everything. The, with the finger up and everything. We've discussed Austin Powers references. They don't work anymore. <laughs> I think as long as Michael Bay can make a movie, I can make whatever kind of quote uh. I can make. And, uh, I'm not going to get sued for this. At all. Oh, no, of course <laughs> not. Free speech. But uh, another, like something I, I haven't mentioned um, in interviews is like another big significant moment that you guys get to know about first. Ooh. Oh, snap. Right? Exclusive. <laughs> Gotta put some horns in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, when I was living in Houston, I, I uh, met an art collector. His name is Lester Marks. And um, we went to a show that this lawyer was having. And he has this like big warehouse. And he had a big group show there. And uh, at the time, I didn't know who Lester was. And he uh, walked up. He was like, oh, hey, you know, we started talking or whatever. He had a Keith Haring shirt on. And I was like, oh, I like his shirt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, this, this guy knows his stuff. He knows about art history. And the more that we started talking the more of a big deal that I realized he was. And um, he invited me and a couple of friends to come to his house for a party that he was having. I think it was in September, if I remember right. The party was in September. At that time, I had graduated. I was living in my aunt's house. And um, one of my aunts actually helped me to, like, because I was kind of struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. She gave me gas money in order to go to the party. And when I got there, like, his house was incredible. Like, he has artwork from people literally, like, all over the world. Right. And with him, you know how people say, oh, I can't afford, you know, this piece of art or whatever. Because, you know, I don't have the money, but I have the space. He, he's, he's one of those people where it's like, well, I don't have the space, but I have the money. So what, what <laughs> can I go buy something else in order to, you know, put this artwork here? Right. And, uh, yeah, just being around him and... Um, throughout the night we were, we were talking off and on because he had a lot of guests in the house and I had this little portfolio with me of some of my digital art that I did while I was an undergrad mm-hmm. and I gave it to him he looked through it he was like oh man your work is beautiful and there was one piece in particular that he just stopped at and he was like okay do you have a, a friend of this or you know blah blah and a friend of mine named Philippe at the time I thought he was being rude to me but 
he uh, actually helped me out as well to like go through the whole process of getting the piece properly ready. And uh, Lester actually bought one of my pieces. Wow. Oh, yeah, so, cool. Yeah, so I just had to like scale it up bigger for him. And uh, just to give an idea of like the pieces that he has, like he has one of my professor, Barbara uh, Pruitt. Mm-hmm. He has his work. I can show you pictures of it. Right. Uh, he has some of Kara Walker's work. He has John Michelle Basquiat's work. He has who else? He has mine, obviously now. But <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of like famous people's work in his collection. He's like that includes oh, you, yeah, because like, you're famous. Okay, I'm just gonna have to accept that. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have a choice. Um, and yeah, he's he's known as like one of the top 200 collectors uh, in the world. Whoa, yeah, that's, that's a weird list. I mean, I don't know who makes these lists, but <laughs> or, if, if you walked into his house, you would see why. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is the collector. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He like is Benicio the Del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty dull, honestly. Thank you. Wow. This, this place is he is awesome. a top 200 collector. He is. And he has the money to do it. He is not lying. Sounds like sounds like a Pokemon level. <laughs> sounds like a Pokemon level. I am I am top two hundred. Uh, All right, that's cool. So Sergio, do you draw? No. And one, once upon a time, I was in an art class, and I was like, I'm not good at this, but it's pretty easy to make an A. So <laughs> let's make this happen. <laughs> I need that GPI. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I, I never pretended I was good at it. Right. You know. I've doodled a few things. You doodled any turtles? Turtles? Oh, in my, turtles oh, in my day. Like in my day. No, of course, Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay, okay. Just making sure. Who draws regular turtles? Weird people? I there guess. is an Australian somewhere drawing a turtle right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's like the least, most violent creature that's... <laughs> There. And it's like, why would anyone not draw turtles? <laughs> you know what? Because pretty much everything in Australia will kill you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. even the environment, whatever. So, okay, so you do a lot of uh, partnerships, and you do a lot of fundraising stuff, uh-huh. um, and you also are good friends with Philip, who we did a podcast with as well. Oh, right. Was, yeah, it was really good. Um, cool guy. What? How can I make this a good question to ask? It's not a bad question. That's not even worded right. Um, how did you meet Philip, and how did you insert your art within his uh, his story? Okay. Um. I, re- I kind of you know how you have those moments where it's like I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. But you got to talk yeah. country if you do that. Wait, I can't. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's too much pressure. (laughs) There it is. Um, So, I remember, uh, like, the first time I met him, I answered that question first. The first time I met him, um, we were at a party in Midtown. I think it was, like, some kind of festival or something going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody was just kind of hanging out. And I I saw him, like, DJing at parties before that. And... um, you just had never talked to him or whatever because when you first meet him he seems kind of standoffish he's, he's like very much so yeah he's like why are you talking to me yeah but <laughs> when you, once you get to know him he's he's cooler than he 
he seems at first. And um, yeah, we met at that party, actually talked. And at that point, I'm only known by his DJ name. And then I got to know his actual name. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And um, we would see each other like off and on, say, hey, little conversation here and there. And he had he had taken notice of my work before because I was trying, I was doing like art shows around town here and there. Mm-hmm. Don't do as many now, but it's going to pick up pretty soon. Um, and we were, oh, okay, I remember now. We were standing outside of Sneaky Beans. And he was telling me about, like, he wants to open a comic book shop that's also a record store and uh, art gallery. And he was like, yeah, I want you to be one of the first artists to show there. It's going to be you and Adrian Downey. And I was like, all right, cool. And I didn't really think too much of it after that until he was. we were messaging back and forth, like, hey, man, you know, can you come to the shop, see the space, and, you know, give me some give me some feedback on it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, all right. And the first show that he had there, it was it was really cool because we stayed, I think we stayed there till like 10 or 11 at night hanging everything up. Yeah. And I didn't have like huge pieces there. I had some prints and a couple of paintings. And uh, Adrian had a bunch of stuff that she had painted on, I think like cardboard at the time. Mm-hmm. But she's been doing more canvas stuff lately. And she's been getting a lot better too, which is pretty phenomenal to watch. And, um, The name of the art, the show was Art and Soul, I think it was. And I still have the, the poster. That's that a solid there. name. Yeah, Art solid and Soul. Name. And, uh, yeah, we've just been cool ever since. It's every, cool. Every now and then I want to elbow drop them. <laughs> you know, that's what friends do, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely what friends do. Uh, it reminds me of a story of how I met a certain person that's sitting across from me. Uh-huh. Bitch, stand off as your first. Me? Standoffish? I think, I think so. A little bit. Okay. I mean, maybe you've like opened up over the years. But yeah, he's he opened me up. That's weird. That's <laughs> your word is not probably not the best way to put that. No, nah, man, it's nah. not a good look for me. <laughs> <laughs> for you, it's not a good look for me. Somebody's gonna be listening and be like, "Whose man's is this?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you said you did um, art shows. Where, where some of the places did, did you do um, art shows? Um, let's see. Some of them were at Sneaky Beans. Like there was a show a guy named Ian Hansen. Uh, I don't know if he's still going to be doing it, but there's this, this show that he regularly does called Price to Move. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind that uh, that show is that all the pieces are, are priced under a hundred dollars. So I would have like a few pieces in that, or like some prints, something that's just available. To all people, and so that was one. I have some stuff like we're record where we're recording now at Cups. Um, and the first time I, I actually hung up work in here was before they did the renovations and added that third room. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I had a piece that was actually like hanging behind where you were sitting. You're sitting now, mm-hmm. and a couple of other pieces on the walls here. Um, I did price the move. I think three or four times since I've been back home and oh also had a show over at Gallery One over at Jackson State and that's a pretty interesting crazy story too because um, oh two tell huh okay so that show uh, okay so I used to work at Gallery One mm-hmm. and I was working with Kimberly Jacobs she was the, the director 
and um, yeah, she was she was getting ready to move uh, to St. Louis for um, a fellowship with the St. Louis Art Museum, and every now and then when I, I would come, I thought she was going to say Fellowship of the Rings. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was the Romare Bearden's Fellowship, so it was pretty pretty uh, a pretty prestigious thing to be a part of. That's awesome. Right, and um, every now and then I would come home whenever there were shows at the gallery. I would go talk with her, or whatever. And uh, she was telling me she was getting ready to do that to go to the fellowship, and um, encouraged me to apply for the position. Like, before, uh, as she's like going out, you know, whatever. And I thought she was joking at first. I was like, ah, you know, whatever, I'll do it. And then she called me later on. She was like, no, I'm serious, do it. I was like, oh, I gotta put together a resume and everything. <laughs> so I worked there for a year because it was like it was a contract job. So that was actually the, the, the most stressful and the, one of the coolest jobs I've ever had because I learned a lot and I had to apply what I thought I knew and I learned more of what I didn't know right. and had to adjust and. Um, Years later, fast forward. So Sean McCarthy is the director now over at Gallery One, mm-hmm. and um, she asked me if I wanted to do an art show there. You know, kind of to say, you know, thank you, Justin, for the, what you've done in the community, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, all right, cool. And the craziest part about it is that it was it wasn't just me in the exhibit. It was my work and George Clinton, like. That George, George Clinton? Clinton? Yeah. That guy? That P-Fon. one? P-Fon. Yeah. What? Mate. Oh, P-Fon. I know that I know the yeah. George Clinton you're talking about. Yeah. Shit, me? No. You can't just I, name I drop George it. Clinton like it's nothing. I mean, in retrospect, <laughs> but at the time I was freaking out. I was like, oh, snap, for real? And, um, yeah, so it was my work and his work. And his work, obviously, is very psychedelic. He has a lot of, like, aliens and, like, crazy figures it was mm-hmm. it was really cool and um that that experience was was kind of odd in a sense because like I thought she was joking at first but she actually knows um George Clinton's manager who is also his daughter and she got in contact with him got the work shipped there blah 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 and you know seeing my work alongside he is was pretty refreshing and a lot of people like she does survey for students a survey for students to fill out and other visitors and they gave me a lot of positive feedback on my, my pieces like the one that's hanging up in cups now mm-hmm. was part of that exhibit oh wow yeah it's awesome thank you so yeah man that happened that's cool <laughs> you have a, a, a you're very humble it's like George Clinton ain't no joke, man. You just don't <laughs> have artists. George, oh, uh, top two hundred collectors just don't buy, you know, uh, you know people's art. You know what I'm saying? You make a great point. I, I guess I am. I'm trying not to smile too hard, but yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's pretty we're, cool. We're it's okay. I mean, you can smile all you want. I mean, it's hard. You know, hard work, hard yeah. work, dedication, struggles to for your art. For your crafts, and you've you've made a name for yourself. Yeah, and I think so. And it hasn't always been easy because, like, 
there are things that I've had to get over, like from outside, like people saying that, you know, how are you going to make a living at that? How are you going to do this? And also, like inside, maybe, like maybe they're right. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And I tried getting a regular job or, you know, quote unquote, nine to five job. Right. Nah, it, it's, I couldn't do it no more. Because <laughs> I was sitting there and I was overthinking. Like my last job I had, I'm not going to mention it. But uh, the last job I had, I was overthinking, like, okay, so I'm sitting here for seven hours a day, I'm part-time, making X amount of dollars. I could do, like, one or two paintings and make, like, three weeks' worth of pay in one day. Right. Possibly. And, yeah, it just got to a point where I just had to just go for it. Because I was literally, like, sitting there stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't take it no more. And since whenever, once I made that decision to just go ahead and just jump all in, I felt a lot better. Good. I'm glad you did. A lot happier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, 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 what drives Justin now? I mean, you've, you've accomplished a lot. Uh-huh. You've, you've definitely um, have made a name for yourself, especially down here. Uh, what's, what's next? Do you know? Any, like, events coming up or... Events? Like, okay, so... Lucky Town Brewery. They have been, like, one of the coolest places in Jackson to go to. Have not been there yet. Oh, okay. I hear, I, I hear very good things. Oh, my God. All right, I'm taking both of you there. We're going to get a drink and be merry and, like, talk to folks. Because I've met a lot of interesting people there, too. And, um... I also did some work for them. Like I did a mural for them that was um, that was featured in the Clarion Leisure. Oh, cool! And also, oh, it's a local newspaper here in Jackson. And uh, old white people read that. <laughs> <laughs> they read a lot, man. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. I was not prepared for that. It's crazy how much they read, yo. Gotta get some read sons of bitches, right? Sons of bitches. But uh. It was, it was featured. The mural was featured in there, and um, they recently had an uh, a law that was changed in Mississippi mm-hmm. to where breweries can like sell beer out out of directly out of their brewery. Okay, and um, a lot of people came out to that. So, uh, kind of getting away from my point. The point is that they were they were kind enough to let me do like while they were still kind of preparing things for the the celebration that they were having mm-hmm. on July first, they let me do a beer and paint night, um, and which a lot of people came out to. About forty people came. I was expecting maybe twenty, and um, I'm planning to do like more of those because they first of all they were a lot of fun. And everybody that came out enjoyed themselves. Okay. And they they learned something about themselves they didn't know. So I'm gonna be doing more of those because that's fun. That's awesome, man. So uh, Lucky Town, all right. You got your stamps in Lucky Town. You got your stamps somewhere all over Jackson. You also do like badass murals inside of buildings. Yeah. So how does one do that versus painting, like? Is there different steps? Is it basically just painting on a big canvas? Um, okay, there's a, a few ways you can do it. So the way that I usually, I typically do it, I'll sketch it out small scale first, but also the shape of whatever the wall is. That way I have an idea of how everything will fit. And then it's just a matter of like 
either you can use the gridding system or you can use a projector. I just kind of eyeball it mm-hmm. and see what happens. Right. And uh, <laughs> as I'm like as I'm paying out, like do a little bit and step away from it to see like if it's spinning or what's working. And with paint, like I use. Uh, I want to say about 90% spray paint for the one that's outside Lucky Town. And here and there, I use house paint. You know, exterior house paint. And um, it was a lot of climbing up and down the ladder. But I would sketch it out first using like a lighter color than I actually would use. And with doing that kind of stuff, you have to work in reverse. So I would sketch it out, put the color base of whatever I'm, I'm drawing at the moment, and then go back and outline it with the color that I wanted to outline. Okay. So... It's a process, and I've had a lot of people kind of help me with different techniques and stuff over the years, so I'm applying what they've shown me. It's kind of my way of saying thank you to them. Oh, so okay. They believe in me. And yes, I said believes. <laughs> What's, uh, what, what, I forgot I was going to, Mississippi Museum of Art. Uh-huh. Um, I'm surprised that you don't have your own little section <laughs> is, is, is that is that one um, is that one uh, obstacle you plan to knock down, Hulk style? Hmm. Maybe it's a strong maybe. It's a strong maybe. I can lean towards yes, maybe, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that that's not something that is possible. Mm-hmm. But you seem like a very young man, which means that. Yeah, like you couldn't be like you're not 57 years old. So no. you, usually stuff that hits art galleries mm-hmm. is from you know people who've been established for you know decades and decades and decades, and you know it's a it's a record of this is what art was during this period, and this is one of the leaders of the you know. I understand that. Yeah. Huh. So and I, I, and I know things so, take time. Yeah. So well, it's it'll happen. I, yeah. But I was you know there's also young people who get in there. Those type of art galleries too. Yeah. yeah. So it all depends who likes your work. Yeah, and it's a little bit different, like museums versus galleries. Mm-hmm. So galleries, um, they the big difference between them is that galleries sell work, mm-hmm. whereas museums just kind of like show it, document and show it. And um, one thing about the Mississippi Museum of Art, they have this program um, where they have guest artists come in and like teach a class or do a pro- group project with people. And um, I had this project there a couple of years ago called Manifestos. And the idea behind it was that I made, like, this huge book, and I invited people to... um, So uh, I invited people to make statements about Mississippi, but using books uh, by Mississippi authors. Mm -hmm. And uh, they could collage it and do whatever they wanted to do it. And... Uh, at the end of the project, I bound it all together, and the book itself is like pretty huge. It's like I want to say about twelve by twenty-four, something like that, some ridiculous size. And that was my first time ever kind of like binding a book. Mm-hmm. I did a, a, couple, a few little ones just to test it out, and it worked. So I did it on a larger scale, and um, I didn't think. Now that I'm, okay, so now that I'm saying this out loud, if pretty much every project that I've done, I didn't think the reaction to it would be huge, and it's always bigger than I was expecting. Because uh, <laughs> I was I was worried that I wouldn't have enough pages to actually bind into the book. Right on. 
because the the project itself only lasted about a month, and it was kind of like it was an installation set up where people can go and like make their pages, and there was a station where you can leave your stuff. And uh, by the end of that month, I was thinking maybe I have like 20, 30 pages at the most. I had like seventy pages to go through. Ooh. So I, all of it that's in the book now wasn't even everything. And yeah, I have pictures of it somewhere. I'll, I'll just shoot them to you as soon as I find them. I'll for them tonight. So yeah, I have a foot in the door at the museum, so to say. That's good. That book is still at the museum. It's part mm-hmm. of the education program. Cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with it, but you know, that's not my business. So as, as I said, it'll happen. Yeah, it'll most happen. Definitely. Most definitely yeah. will happen. Um, you mentioned earlier that you lived in Houston mm-hmm. and then you came home. Right. So home for you is is Jackson. Jackson. Uh, that's cool. What? Tell us about your history, like growing up. Okay. So history growing up. Um, I was one of the lucky people, especially for like black people, mm-hmm. that I actually came from like a two parent home. Okay. So my mom and dad have been married for like thirty plus years. Um, it was just me and my older brother as far as siblings go and um, I didn't have like too many like quote unquote hardships you know like dealing with racism at a young age or uh, people being assholes just because they didn't like me for some reason yeah it's like how could you not I mean I'm, I'm, I don't mess with anybody enough for you not to like me. Right. <laughs> and, um, but you know, everybody goes to middle school, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> had those uh, like struggles back and forth. But overall, it's like getting into art at a young age actually kept me out of a lot of trouble. Because some of my friends, they, uh, you know, joined gangs or whatever. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten more seriously hurt than they actually were. Some And a few people over the years, I think, passed away at a younger age. But for the most part, everything's been kind of pinchy. Definitely one of the lucky ones. Hmm? Definitely one of the lucky ones. You don't, yeah. hear, you don't hear too many. You don't hear too many. Not out of Jackson. No. 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 What? What? Um. How was your time at uh, Texas Southern? It was pretty great, actually. So, um, it's an HBCU. In case some of the listeners don't know, and that means historically black college or university. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I graduated high school, like right before, we had to do this community-based project or whatever, and. Um, we had to give a presentation, and uh, in the presentation, I let the, the, the judges know, I was like, hey, you know, I love Mississippi, but I don't see it in my future, so I'm out, I'm going to Texas, what'd it do? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, moved out there, and it was kind of a, a cultural shock, because Jackson is kind of like a slower-paced place, whereas Houston is like Jackson three times bigger, Yep. traffic everywhere, Yep. Uh, you can be driving for an hour in Houston and still be in Houston. Yep. So when I came back, I didn't complain about traffic at all. Because, <laughs> like, oh, you guys complaining for a 15-minute drive? Dude, I would still be sitting in the same spot. <laughs> but um, 
going there was was fun because I learned a lot of things and it challenged me to see art as other things. Because one of my my first uh, drawing tre- teacher, I do a lot of cartoonish stuff. More so back then, I'm doing a little bit more realistic now. We're trying to, but that that base is still there. Right. Um, my first drawing teacher looked at my my work and he was like, "This isn't art. What is this?" Because he was like really pro black and like if it's not from Africa or an African thing, it's not art. Mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I can be a black artist and, and not do black art. I just like Japanese stuff. Fuck you mean? Um, right. <laughs> and luckily, I had some friends around me that was like, "Okay, well, I mean, don't let that, don't let that bother you, because you know, some people they only see things in a certain way, and if it's not that way, then they don't accept it." Right. So, had some encouragement. Okay, so going out to Houston, I learned about uh, a lot about like the art world or whatever. And uh, while I was back home. Like, it wasn't much going on that I could see. And living out there kind of opened my eyes to other things. So when I came back home, I was like, oh, everything I saw in Houston is actually already here. And there's actually more potential to do greater things in Mississippi than it is in Houston. Mm -hmm. Because you can't really walk two blocks without meeting another artist or filmmaker or writer or musician. Musician. They everywhere right. <laughs> and um, went to a lot of great parties and like, met a, a bunch of good people I feel like I'm paraphrasing this whole story but <laughs> Houston, Texas I mean like I I, gotta, I I imagine in Houston you would just be another Houston artist yeah and in Mississippi you are one of the few Jackson, Mississippi artists that you know yeah is actually doing worth the shit yeah I mean doing stuff working shit well, we'll yeah. go with worth the shit. Yeah, yeah, you gotta put you gotta put emphasis on it. Yeah, worth the shit. Worth the shit. Yeah, yeah, all caps, <laughs> all caps, and underlined, and underlined, bolded, italicized. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what? Had you, did you when you first came back to to, to good old Jackson, Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that itch to go back to Houston? Yeah, I hated it so much mm-hmm. because I was used to. Uh, I mean, I like it now. Don't get me wrong. I still hated it though because <laughs> uh, at the time I, I I was at my folks' house and I just couldn't sit at home because right. I was I was still used to like the go go pace of Houston and. Um, it just seemed dry in a sense to me. But once I kind of like calmed down and like actually looked around and started searching, because you can look at something, but when you're searching for something, that's, that's different. Right. And, um, yeah. You take a moment to think about that. <laughs> and, um, I started like actually searching for more things. And the more that I searched, the more that I found. And it was like, oh, okay. And the more that I. It just kept going like that, and I would run into people that were in it already, and I was like, hey, this is what you do. This is really helpful people. And I guess another another um, story about, like, just go ahead and do this thing right. was I was working with my, my dad's friend. to do. He does, like, landscaping work. Okay. So we were out in the sun. We were, like... Uh, Scooping up wood chips, putting it into a barrel, a wheelbarrow, and putting it, putting the chips in like a playgrounds, and we did that for a good like five or six hours a day. Heavily, heavily buffered, but 
you know, that's the really thing about life right there. Oh, yeah. It was hot. I think say in Mississippi heat. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, Missis- I prefer Mississippi heat to Texas heat, though. Really? Really? Dude, yes. Really? Yes. Texas in the summer, 8 o'clock in the morning, 112 degrees. But it's a dry heat, right? It's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> like you, it's like you walk and you hit a wall. Just <laughs> As soon as you open your door, mm-hmm. what's up? It's like, oh, oh, I'm not going outside today. And even at night, it was still like 80 or 90. Oh, God. Yeah. So well, that's uncomfortable. Right? So we were, um, you know, working, doing this stuff. I was getting extra buff. Felt good. Felt nice. And um, I was still searching for, like, how am I going to do, you know, art to make money? And to make a living. And just kind of on a whim, I put out an ad on Craigslist. It's like, hey, you know, I do caricatures. I'll do a, a party for you. Um, just contact me for information. And I actually got somebody from the Mississippi College of Law that asked me to do a, a party for them. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, what day is it? We worked out the details. And that was a great experience because everybody was so friendly. Like, I, I was getting paid to do the event. And I wasn't going to put, like, a tip cup. And the first couple that I drew, um, they, they loved their, their caricature I did of them. And then they asked me, they're like, where's your tip cup? I mean, you, you can't take tips or whatever. I was like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I can. And they were like, no, 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 no. No, you're going to accept tips. And they, they, went, they went, got me a cup, wrote tips on it, and put it down for me. And I got about, it was maybe about 100 or so people. Everybody didn't get a caricature. But... Um, I got that base amount and like seventy dollars worth of tips that night, and that one night equal to about the amount I made with my dad's friend that week. So, yeah, message. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's been a journey for sure. So okay, okay, let's talk about the rough times. Not necessarily the rough times, <laughs> but you know, as a parent. Uh-huh. If my if my kid comes up to me and says, "Hey, I'm going to go into insert field of work that is not traditionally stable," mm-hmm. my advice is, "You sure? How did your parents handle the whole I'm going to I'm going to get paid to be an artist conversation?" At first, it didn't go over well. <laughs> it never does. Because I remember um, coming back home, and I love her to life and death and life again. But my mom, um, I remember distinctly my mom saying, okay, now you're back home. Now you can go get a job. And I went, wait, what? Why? I went to art school for, like, all these years. I'm going to go into art. I'm not just going to get a job. And over time, I have had to get jobs just to kind of stabilize things. Mm -hmm. But that core of, like, maybe rebellion a little bit to show that I could do this has always been awakening me. Because I just don't understand doing things any other way. It's like... You know how people go to law go to uh, law school or go to school to be a doctor. You spend all this time in it, and that's like saying, "Okay, you went to law school for seven years. Go work at McDonald's." <laughs> that's but that's what actually happens, though. Oh my god! <laughs> really? I can't tell you how many people I work with that work beneath me, like like a for me or for someone equal to me right. that have like master's degrees and um, all they answer phones for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, like. 
it sucks. So being able to find work in your field, especially when your field is such a risky field, yeah, like that's that's impressive in and of itself. Okay, yeah, because it's it's about how creative you're going to be. Because um, I remember talking with my dad as well. And uh, this story is going to come full circus. It's okay. awesome. All right. All right. Um, and I remember talking with them. We had just come back from church. And I was, I was letting them know, like, hey, you know, I want to just do art all the time. And like I said, love them to life, love them to death, love them back to life again. Um, and I remember talking with him. And I can, I, looking back, I can tell it was coming from a place of love. But he was telling me reasons, like, why it wouldn't work. And he said he didn't want me to just rely on that as, as you know, my main source of income or my only source of income. I was like, okay, I get that now. But at the time, I was like, I'm going to do this because I got to. Uh, I don't know why I made that sound. But, and um, fast forward a few years later, just kind of like figuring it out. Um, handling like rough situations where it's like this isn't working and getting frustrated um, sleepless nights um, they actually came out to the to the event that I had at Lucky Town the beer and paint night they didn't drink any beer because they don't drink right but they came out painted with everybody and just had a really great time and was it a moment? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was one of those moments. I didn't have to say anything. I just, I, I was glad that they had fun. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm just gonna keep doing this though. Before, before we get too far, though, I don't think I have fully answered your question. So, if they're trying to go into something that they're really passionate about, mm-hmm. be encouraging because if they, if they love it enough, they'll find a way to figure it, to make it work. Yeah. And with the way that things work nowadays, like, let's say they wanted to be, like, a TV host or, you know, host a podcast or have their own radio station or something like that. Who would do such a thing? I don't know. Maybe these two guys that I know. But uh, I kind of just stumbled into this thing. That's how Hey, it works like this. But, um, yeah, the way that technology is going nowadays, like... Look at what we're doing now. We're literally sitting in a coffee shop with a computer, a phone, and three mics. And I don't know what that thing is. Cause I'm, it's a, it's I'm a mixer. A, and a mixer. I, I didn't know because I'm not a sound engineer and genius like you. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're, and we're able to, like, use the technology on hand to, like, mm-hmm. do whatever we want. And, like, it's the greatest time yeah. to be alive ever. And this was somebody's passion. Everything that's on the table was somebody's passion. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're right, you know, like if my kid comes up to me and says, Hey, I'm gonna be a I don't know, rhythm, rhythmic gymnastic person, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, you know that there's no money in that unless you're in the Olympics. You sure you wanna do that? Yeah, I'm passionate. Okay, well then get good at it. Get, yeah, get, yeah, good, get at good, it, good at it. And like, don't fuck around. Like, right. do it right. Yeah, if you're serious about it, go all in. Don't just put your foot in the water. But did that answer your question? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, Sergio. Yeah. If one of your kids come up to you and say, Dad, I want to be the next Family Feud host. <laughs> Would you tell them to start wearing suits? 
No, play Steve no. Harvey? But they Steve would, Harvey. would definitely need to go to that was definitely Steve Harvey. Go to school for communications. Right. Or start a podcast real early and get real fucking good at it. Um, because when it comes to hosting stuff, there's like, what, six jobs available right. on the planet that speak English. Uh, you can learn another language. Good. In a Spanish host. Um, but Telemundo. Yeah, you, you got to get really good at being on mic and being and talking and interacting with people. And so I, w- I wouldn't say no, but if my kid clearly is an introvert who can't talk to a brick wall, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you should probably go host Family Feud. Like, uh, That's kind of a big jump. That's yeah. a big jump. Yeah. Well, yeah. Baby steps. Like I said, I don't have kids. I'm an uncle. <laughs> and there's a uh, there's a really good quote by this guy named Jim Rome. Uh, I know Jim Rome. Phenomenal. What the fuck just happened? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. There's okay. Good. This is gonna be way easier. He's, 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 the, uh, he's the, the the goatee one. He's the goatee one. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was Jim Rome? Oh, Rome. Oh, you said Rome? Yeah, R O H N. Oh, that's I crazy because we both thought that Jim Rome, Rome, but like the like the, the sports guy. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, oh, no, no, not that guy. Because um, <laughs> I was about to say, we what did Jim Rome say? We literally had a moment that wasn't a moment. <laughs> Jim Rome. I was really excited about like, Rome. Jim Rome. Really, he said something. Philosophical? <laughs> I guess so. But uh, so Jim Rome, he uh, Rome, he uh, has this quote that says, uh, "When you're first starting out, make up in number what you lack in skill." And that's been something that stuck with me. So if your son or daughter, wait, let me say it again. Make up a number that you lack in skill. Oh, what you lack in skill? Yeah. For what you lack in skill? Yeah. So like, give me, give me. Continue on to your example. Okay, so an example is it is like if your son or daughter wants to do uh, like the host in a Family Feud, then every day they should do like some kind of vocal exercise or you know some kind of like recording, play it back, get better, and just keep yeah. going on and on like that. And eventually, you'll get so good at it that you know people can't deny that you're good. That's right, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so make up in number what you lack in skill, because over time you'll get better and better, and you'll know the ins and outs of it, so to say. Okay, okay. Actually, this this kind of treads into a, a topic that I like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to steal the interview and let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think it was Conor McGregor that said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the best Irish fighter in the world. Yeah, he, he basically said that he doesn't have talent. He just worked his ass off. <laughs> and basically, talent doesn't exist. It's all in how you work. Anyone can do this, but no one's going to do it better than me because I work harder than everyone. That makes and sense. It does, but you can't that. just discount the concept of talent. It works to an extent. Yeah, because talent starts you out, I think. It's like, oh, you, how did, how did you learn how to do this? I don't know. I just picked up a pencil and I did it one day. That's talent. <laughs> and then the skill yes. comes along when you keep doing it. Yeah. So I can agree and disagree with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, you can achieve anything if you just practice. It's like, no. It's like, you're... 
here's some stuff that you're just going to suck at. Like, <laughs> There's people who practice going to school and getting degrees and not doing what they yeah. went to school for. So, yeah. And they have, they figured out that what they really wanted to do is what they're doing now because they have a talent for it. Yeah. But they practice, say they practice to be a doctor. And then they said, you know what, fuck this, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be uh, uh, um, a cartoonist. Right. And they're like the best cartoonist. That's talent. Yeah. You can't be afraid to change sometimes. Yeah. But you're also in debt, so, you know. (laughs) Shake that out how you want. Better make up a number what you're lacking (laughs) in money. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree with you on that, Sergio. That's only good to an extent. Yeah. And it sits pretty close. <laughs> it's like when you know how he says a gray line. Like yeah. you don't even get to the line before you need some talent. Yeah, yeah. Especially with something like UFC. You, know, you need not, talent. I'm not discounting oh, yeah. the work that Conor McGregor has put into being an Irish asshole, but at, at some point there's some talent in there. Yeah. You know, he punched a guy in a bar, and someone said, "You're really good at that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta have a style and fighting, and you gotta have um, the uh, you gotta have the discipline to do it. Yeah, and you know, practice makes perfect, but you have to have the talent in order to make the practice perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like that makes sense. E- equal parts talent, equal parts drive. Right, yeah. and being pissed because that man is constantly <laughs> pissed. Please, please. You know what? Something else. Um, to add to this, you gotta have the dedication to keep going when it gets tough. Yeah, because it's not, it's not always gonna work out exactly how you think. Mm-hmm. It could work out better, could work out way worse. But if you're passionate about it and you love it, I mean, just push through it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't stop you Mm-mm. at it all. It's like why? For why? So I'm gonna, um, we're gonna wrap this up, man. Okay. Oh, if you're cool with that. Nah, but I. Right. I still owe you a beer. Sweet. What's so, up? Uh, <laughs> Sergio, do you have any last comments? Uh, no, it was really good to meet you. Oh, you too. Yeah, like, I feel like we've known each other forever. Handshake just awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm responsible for this. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I just witnessed a new friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Like you do look familiar. I can't imagine from where. Everywhere. That, that's what it is. He's literally everywhere. He's he, just, everywhere. he just he just exists he in, in all places at all. He's times. like that new Stranger Things poster with the thing in the clouds. That's <laughs> is that not just, the best poster? He drew it. Wait, is Stranger Things on Netflix? Oh, it's still yes, it's on Netflix. I'm gonna watch it. By the time this interview is up, I will be watching Stranger Things. Don't come at me with hate emails because I haven't seen Stranger Things yet. Don't worry, man. I'm gonna like I'm gonna like episode three. Oh my! What is man? Like I've been having to convert people on Stranger Things all. I've been watching the I've been watching a shit ton of My Hero Academia and a shit ton of Assassination Classroom. That's we're gonna talk about that show like yes, once we go to Hasan Yes, we are. I I don't know what any of are those animes. Yes. Oh, okay. Just, never mind. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll take a mulligan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. just don't worry about it. No, so we're gonna, Morty, we're gonna, we're gonna Morty. educate you. I got this one. I got this one. Oh, Rick and Morty. Morty. I'm down for Rick and Morty. 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 I love that show. That's I so got me too. Yeah. Oh, one last question. Have yes. you ever have you ever drawn a Ninja Turtle? Years ago, I need to draw another one. Yes. Yeah. Like at least 
46 percent of what you draw should be Ninja Turtles. Don't <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I need to. I need to step rate. my game up. Flat rate. Yeah. I've drawn no Ninja Turtles lately. Where, oh, can, where can we follow you, man? Um, I'm more mostly active on Instagram as Ransburg R A N S B U R G Art A R T. Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. Same name. Or you can find me and add me as a friend on my personal page. It's Justin Ransburg. Just don't be a weirdo. <laughs> Sergio, what can we follow your handsome face? Oh, me? Yeah. My handsome face. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm all over reality breached. Uh, but I'm also... I also have an Instagram and a Twitter and a everything. What are they? It's at Lugo. It's spelled L-I-U-G-E-A-U-X. That's how you pronounce it? That, yeah, that's, yeah, it's just my last I'm name. I'm so glad you funny. said it. I was just like, yeah. Everyone is always like, it's at Lagoox. Lagoox. It's like, no, that's. Mm. Is that a play on, like, Go Tigers or something? The, the, the other day, my son Luke, was he saw my my screen name on uh, Xbox Live, and he was like, oh, your name is Lagoox? I'm like, no, son, that's your last name. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at Lugo on everything. Gotcha. Uh, that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I own Lugo.com. It's where you'll find my my blog. Sweet. Where I blog about things. Do you Specific. rant or do you blog? No, I don't rant. Specific things. Um, I have a lot of concert stuff. Ninja Turtles music. <laughs> <laughs> basically whatever whatever I don't do on Reality Breached is at Lugo.com awesome what about you Mr. Morris yeah, you, um, you can add me on Facebook Robert Morris uh, like just said don't be weird um, I will mean tr- uh, troll you if you are um, I have uh, Instagram House of Morris um, I also have a Twitter and it's House of Morris alright so the of is zero so okay, okay, and I just do House of M because Marvel. I didn't expect this the the end of this this uh the this interview to turn into basically LeBron James head a plug party. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, that what was, a that was great. what a dig at the quote unquote king. I li- I, hey, I'm Team Bron Bron. Team Bron Bron. Are you Team Bron Bron? I'm totally Team Bron Bron. <laughs> This has been Reality Bruce. We have talked with the great Justin Ransberg and editing skills by the legendary Sergio Lugo. And this is your host, the OK Dude, Robert Morris. He's so humble. You've been breached, baby. <laughs> Do you like Reality Breached? Well, if you do, you'll definitely like the Tech Edition Podcast. Part of the Grits Network, Clarence and Carrie talk about the latest tech news, video games, sports, movies, and whatever else comes to mind. Check it out at techpedition.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. Give the podcast that birthed Reality Breached a chance. Season 2, now available at techpedition.com. We'll be right back after these messages. (laughs) Dice junkies. (laughs) While we're waiting, um, we have some other people that we are in a group with, Sergio. Care to. Oh, yeah, Grits. Grits Media. We haven't decided on, like, Grits Media, Grits. The Fellowship of the Grits, like. Fellowship of the Grits. I think that's really funny, actually. (laughs) Geeks recording in the South, so. 
Who's all in it? Uh, it's us, Dice Junkies, Discussing Who, and Techpedition. That's right. Go look them up. Go follow them. Mm-hmm. And now, back to the action. Thank you for listening to the Reality Breach Podcast. I'm Sergio. Uh, keep breaching over at realitybreach.com and make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Android, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.